It's February 9th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got two briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, a special counsel in Washington, D.C. said yesterday that Joe Biden is guilty of crimes, but he can't be charged because he is mentally incompetent. That shocking report in my analysis coming up. Second, we take stops in Israel, Ukraine, the Pacific Theater, and Russia this morning, where former Fox host Tucker Carlson just interviewed President Vladimir Putin. I'll share the five key takeaways from that conversation in a bit. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. Special counsel Robert Herr released his long-awaited report on the investigation into Joe Biden and his mishandling of classified information. As listeners will recall, Mr. Biden had over a dozen boxes of classified material dating all the way back to the 1970s, and those things were stored in his garage, personal library, and multiple offices in D.C. And that material included top-secret information. In Mr. Herr's 350-plus pages of evidence that he released yesterday, he confirmed that Joe Biden committed multiple crimes in possessing that material, and that Biden knew that having that stuff was wrong. To the point, Mr. Biden shared the government's secrets with his ghost writer. The fellow was working on a book that Mr. Biden later got published that was called Promise Me Dad. Mr. Biden wanted the writer to review and include this classified material. We now know that Biden specifically told this ghost writer where exactly to find the classified material, specifically in at least his house. To underline the severity of Mr. Biden's crimes, Mr. Herr said yesterday that our commander in chief, quote, risked serious damage to America's national security, end quote. And that included probably by exposing the identities of clandestine CIA officers and some of the most sensitive of America's foreign agents abroad. However, despite the overwhelming evidence of Mr. Biden's criminality, Mr. Herr decided not to prosecute. The reason is that Joe Biden is too mentally unsound to face a trial. Mr. Hurd then provided examples of Joe Biden's degraded mental capacity. For instance, when he and his team interviewed Mr. Biden, he could not remember when exactly he was vice president or when his son Beau died or when he sent U.S. troops to Afghanistan. Additionally, they reviewed some interviews of Mr. Biden that were captured by his ghostwriter. Mr. Biden was often confused, unable to remember basic details about his life, and that his answers tended to be very slow and strained. And that is why the special counsel announced yesterday that he simply could not prosecute Mr. Biden, quote, based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, end quote. And with that, the matter is now closed, at least legally, despite overwhelming evidence of Biden criminality. Reactions to this news were split along party lines. Sadly, Republicans in the House and Senate are saying this morning that if Mr. Biden is so mentally fragile, he must either step down from the presidency or his cabinet must invoke the 25th Amendment. That would result in Vice President Kamala Harris serving as acting president. Democrats in the White House, well, as you would imagine, they disagree. They say that this matter is now firmly resolved and that Mr. Biden is totally exonerated. 
And as for the issue of his mental decline, Mr. Biden's legal team said that Mr. Herr is not qualified to assess such a thing, that only a doctor or another qualified health professional could possibly do so. But then, in a press conference late last night, Mr. Biden said that while his memory is just perfect and fine, well, he then proceeded to mistake the country of Egypt for the country of Mexico. That comes a day after Mr. Biden said that he recently met with a German leader who is actually dead. He said that he met with Mr. Helmut Kohl, but that fellow died back in 2017. Mr. Biden also said that he recently met with President of France, a fellow named Francois Mitterrand, but unfortunately that guy is dead too. He died in 1996. So those are the basic facts and data about Mr. Hur's investigation. And what we can now say is clear and overwhelming evidence of Joe Biden's criminality. Let me pivot now to my analysis and opinion. So let's start with the obvious. This is a remarkable moment in American history. Your commander in chief has been found to be not only a criminal, but he can't be charged because he is mentally unfit. And that matches a poll that came out earlier this week that showed 76% of Americans are concerned about Mr. Biden's age and his related mental health decline. That is up from 68% from over the summer. So these polls and uh, Mr. Herr's report, I think, reflect what we all know to be true this morning, and that is that Mr. Joe Biden is sick. And if you've ever loved someone with, say, dementia or Alzheimer's, you know the signs. He is forgetting who he is, where he is, basic memories like where his son died or whether he sent troops to Afghanistan. He is also prone to emotional outbursts. He gets angry at strange or ill-timed moments. In fact, we saw flashes of that last night. For those of us who have lived around brain disease, we also know that these folks sometimes have good days. Depending on their medicines or the severity of the disease progression, there might be a lot of good days or just a few. But even if you don't know someone who has struggled with mental acuity, a quick scan of video of Mr. Biden from, say, five or ten years ago demonstrates very clearly, in fact, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Joe Biden is sick and he's getting worse. We all see it. Special counsel Her and his team, they see it too. And yet, Mr. Biden is still in the Oval Office this morning. He is still America's commander-in-chief. He is in charge of the fate of the nation and the world. To that point, we know that he and his team are asking for $60 billion more billion for a war in Ukraine. And from my optic, that does not seem very smart. In fact, it, it seems like we have a real national emergency on our hands this morning, even if Mr. Biden or his wife or his team or his party would prefer that we not discuss it. But we should. So let me offer you three things to consider this morning. And I want us uh, to start with my listeners who work in the U.S. Intel community. So you all know that this is a pretty darn painful moment for them. Your commander-in-chief has a diseased mind, and Congress is unwilling to remove him. His cabinet is too afraid to do the same. And your boss at the CIA, on the seventh floor, CIA Director William Burns, is a likely pedophile. We know that he spent multiple evenings at the home of Jeffrey Epstein, but the spokesman for the agency says, well, he was just there talking about some job prospects, and that is just a pile of baloney. So what I offer to you as a former officer is this recommendation. For our hard targets in places like Moscow, Tehran, and Beijing, 
I think that you all have a moral obligation and a national security imperative to save those agents and their lives until we can right our ship. So I respectfully ask of you this morning to do the right thing and quietly encourage those assets, our hard targets, well, to self-terminate or put those guys on ice for now until we can return this nation back to normal. And I know that is a very hard thing for a lot of folks to consider who might be at Langley this morning. But I want you to think about this. If you or I had boxes of top secret information that were sitting in our garages, do you think that we would be free this morning or would we be in prison? Well, I think we all know the answer is that, uh, well, we would be in prison. But Biden isn't and he won't be. And that's not ultimately about his mental acuity. Rather, it's about a, a capital that is protecting their president. It's a kleptocracy. It's a governing elite that is made up of wildly corrupt politicians and bureaucrats who are abusing their power and destroying this country to protect a man that is, quite frankly, brain damaged. So that is my personal appeal to my former brothers and sisters in the intel community. We've got to protect our most sensitive of agents. And in the meantime, do take care of each other. Second, and for the rest of us, I want us to think about this special counsel's report and how it is probably being digested by foreign powers this morning. So let's ask ourselves this question. If you were in Beijing or Iran or Moscow, what would you do differently now that you know or have more confirmation that America's commander-in-chief is mentally compromised? Well, let's start in China. If I were the leader in Beijing this morning, my timeline to invade Taiwan probably just got moved up. I would now think about striking that island well before next November because my enemy is weak right now and very confused. Meanwhile, let's imagine that we are in Iran. I would certainly step up my strikes on American forces because why not? There have been no penalties so far for all my other strikes because I've certainly hit the Americans in Syria, Iraq, and Jordan. Plus, now that I know that Joe Biden is not really running the country, he's lost in a cloud of brain fog, I'm incentivized to step on the gas pedal of my aggression. And the same would be true if I were leading the Russians this morning. If I were in Moscow, I would push the envelope of more strikes either inside of Ukraine or perhaps outside. I'd be looking at more covert action. And that is all because both the Americans and the Europeans are profoundly weak or in the case of the United States, mentally incapacitated. So my point is this, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a very dangerous era. And I think that we need to remember that this morning and as ever, make sure that we prepare ourselves and our families accordingly. Third and finally, I want to offer a reflection for those listeners who are under the age of 35, give or take. I want you all to know that none of this is normal. Over the past 35 years, this country went from being pretty great to pretty awful. And sadly, most of you have only known awful. You have watched as our jobs were shipped off to China in the late 1990s. You witnessed the disastrous invasion of Iraq. You saw the start of a 20-year war in Afghanistan. You've seen the record deaths from things like opiates and fentanyl. You've watched this country slide into an obesity crisis. You've seen the invasion of our southern border, the criminality in our streets, the 2020 riots that, according to the media, were mostly peaceful, but they weren't. You've also heard institutions telling you that you are bad or an oppressor because you're either Christian or straight or white. And then there's this. 
you have seen an America that has more single mothers in this country than any other nation on the planet with kids acting crazy because they had no dad. And now you're watching a man in the White House this morning who is so obviously sick and who is so historically corrupt, all while your government refuses to hold him to account. And that collectively is the America that you have known for over 35 years. And if I can be very candid with you, it is a country that is circling the drain towards collapse. That is just objectively true. But there was another time. There was another America. This past Thanksgiving, I shared with listeners the story of my family. It was a story that started in the 1700s with pioneers who traveled across the plains of the Midwest and into the mountains of Colorado and Oregon. They faced unbelievable hardship, and yet they persevered. They and so many others in this country, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, they built farms and factories that gave birth to the greatest generation in American history that went on to defeat the Nazis in World War II or sent a man to to the moon in the 1960s. To be clear, those were not perfect decades or centuries. We had profound problems. For example, our civil war. That was the result of our original sin of slavery. But what united us, I think, throughout all those years, both good and bad, was the broadly shared goal that we would strive to create a more perfect union and that we would all contribute to making this country more exceptional with each passing generation. And that's what we've lost. We have descended into a country that has bounced from one calamity to the next over the past 35 years. And that is all so many of you have ever known. And I am so very sorry for that. And I understand if you are feeling angry or despondent, because both of those things are very fair. But I want you to know something. All is not lost. You and I stand on the shoulders of those ancestors who made this country that used to be so great. But if you listen very carefully this morning, I think that you will hear those ancestors speak to you. They are looking down upon all of us and reminding us to fight and carry on. And we will. People like me and those who are older, we have an obligation to work with you and others to recreate this country that once was so that you can know a country that will always be. So let's do that. Let's continue to inspire and encourage each other in this very dark hour. Because while we are in the gravest of conditions, we will prevail. I believe that with all of my heart. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. We'll be right back. Folks, back on January 9th, we talked about the big fight with Russia and how that could badly affect the U.S. dollar and you. Well, if you're looking for ways to diversify your investments, boy, consider physical gold and silver and consider American Hartford Gold as you do. They are the precious metal dealer that I use and trust. And when you give them a call, they will explain how to protect not only your savings accounts, but also your retirement accounts, all by purchasing gold and silver. Plus, they will explain their buyback commitment, which is rock solid. And here's some more good news. Feel very comfortable using American Heart for Gold as they have a five-star rating from thousands of reviews, plus an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. So here's how you do it. Either give them a call at 866-353-2694. Again, that is 866-353-2694. Or you can just text them 
text right to 65532. And gosh, that's easy. Again, 65532. And just text them my last name. And when you do, listen to this. They will give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your very first order, depending on your total purchase. So again, either give them a call at 866-353-2694 or text my last name right to 65532. And as you do, my friends, make sure that you remember that January brief about the currency wars, because that is why we want to consider physical gold, my friends, and silver with American Hartford Gold. It's February and it is still freezing for most of us. So get yourselves warmed up with more wintertime deals from American Giant. Yep, it's the company that makes clothing and textiles right here in America. No foreign stuff. They've got things like roughneck jackets, which are very fancy. Some thick stadium blankets, which are very warm. And some sweatpants too, which are very comfy. But that's not all. They've got jeans, socks, scarves, and dresses for the gals or the... Guys, I guess, if that's your cup of tea. But anyway, the best part of American Giant is that all of their products are made right here in America, in factories near your hometown and mine. That means no China, no Mexico, right here at home. So support the folks that support your country and support American Giant. Best yet, if you do, I'm going to save you 20% off your first order. So go to American-Giant.com. And when you do, use that promo code right W-R-I-G-H-T, and you are going to get 20% off that first order. So, my friends, warm up your wintertime blues and your wardrobe and go to American-Giant.com. Use that promo code right and get your 20% off. And let's get this country going and let's make America giant. Who's ready for a good night's sleep? Well, if that's you, you need to do what I did. Get yourself a ghost bed. Yeah, it's the company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. And you know it's true because I own one. I have the Lux model, which is designed to help people like me who sleep just a little bit hot. But they've got other models as well. There is the classic plus a new massage bed. And that's fun, except for the people who live downstairs. But whatever your model, get one of these things. The mattresses from the folks at GhostBed are built with high-quality materials and fine craftsmanship. And when you get into one of these ghost beds, you feel both the material, the craftsmanship. And I tell you, here's some great news. This bed comes right to your doorstep. And if that makes you a little bit nervous about buying something without trying it, I get it. I felt the same way, but don't worry. They have a 101-day trial period, plus free shipping and returns. So folks, let GhostBed give you the sleep that you deserve, and you're going to get 50% off when you do. So go to ghostbed.com slash right, that's W-R-I-G-H-T, and 50% off will be yours. But you got to use that website, ghostbed.com slash right. And by golly, get ready, because when that bed arrives, you are going to be off to a great night's sleep. I guarantee it. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a pivot towards international developments. Sobering news out of Ukraine this morning. President Volodymyr Zelensky fired his very popular general, Mr. Valery Zaluzny. To refresh our memories on this, Mr. Zelensky had been considering whether to get rid of this man, all because they had three fundamental disagreements or points of friction. First, General Zaluzny wanted to take a more defensive posture this year against the Russians, 
His view was that Ukraine lacked the men and the war material to take on any large-scale offensive operations. President Zelensky very much disagreed. Second, General Zelensky said that to even maintain the current stalemate that they had with Russia and do have with Russia, he would still need hundreds of thousands of more men to throw into what is a meat grinder of trench warfare. In fact, he said he would need about 500,000 more men. President Zelensky, however, has been pretty reluctant to agree. He fears some pretty notable backlash, political backlash for the scale of that kind of draft, in part because of the blunt reality that corruption in Ukraine allows the wealthier men of that nation to escape service. That means that poor and rural people get pushed to the front lines. And that inequality is a recipe for civil unrest. Third, there was also an issue of jealousy or the fear of a political rivalry. Zelensky's popularity is uh, uh, falling this morning, while General Zeluzny's is sky high. He's got about a 90% approval rating. And if there were any doubt about President Zelensky's falling approval numbers or the implication of that, there was a poll released on Wednesday in Ukraine that showed citizens there are losing faith in their leaders. About 40% of the country say that the nation is on the wrong track. Another 40% say we're the right track. And the remaining 20% aren't sure. In other words, there is a very divided Ukraine in the middle of a very nasty war with people in that country sharing some pretty profound concerns about their leaders and the future. So those are the quick faction data out of Ukraine this morning. Let me offer you my brief analysis and opinion. Stepping back, let's look at the big picture. The U.S. Senate and House are considering a $60 billion aid package to Ukraine that by all accounts, is a country that is in the middle of an internal leadership crisis with a war that is in a state of stalemate. Meanwhile, their partners in the West, specifically at the White House, they are led in one case by a man that has dementia. And we can say that firmly this morning. Mr. Hur's report makes that very clear. At the same time, America's Pentagon is led by a guy who just lied about having cancer and then he disappeared for a time. And we still don't have an, on uh, an honest answer about exactly what happened or his real condition. Finally, we know that the intel leadership of this country, the CIA director William Burns, as I shared with you, faces credible allegations that he is a pedophile. So I ask you, is this a scenario where $60 billion in spending is probably going to be well invested or will it likely be wasted or stolen? by people who don't have a real strategy for victory? Well, I think that those are very important questions for us to ask now before we start cutting a $60 billion check. And that is my counsel to you this morning as a fellow taxpayer. And with that, we take a quick stop in Israel this morning for an update on the war progress in that country. The Israelis continue to fight in the Gaza city of Khan Yunus this morning, which IDF forces believe was the home to about five of the most lethal of Hamas's battalions, but no longer all or almost all of those battalions have been destroyed. Meanwhile, Reuters news service reports that Hamas's Gaza-based leader, Mr. Yahya Sinwar, continues to hide in the tunnel networks under Khan Yunus, where precisely he might be in that massive network of tunnels is, of course, unknown, but the Israelis are on the hunt. The IDF estimates, by the way, that up to 40% of the tunnels have been destroyed so far in Gaza, though the uh, Jerusalem Post reports that it's probably going to take years to fully trace and destroy all of those tunnel networks.
Also important to know this morning, Israeli officials estimate that about 60 to 75 percent of Hamas's forces are either dead or out of action due to injuries. And that is much higher than I have previously reported to you. The other data that I've shared came to us from the U.S. intel community, which suggested upwards of a 30 percent casualty rate. Lastly, the war in the Gaza Strip is expanding this morning into the southern city of Rafah. And that could be very dicey for the Israelis, given the massive number of civilians in the area, plus the sensitivities with the neighboring country of Egypt. But regardless, a ground attack is expected into Rafah at any hour. Next, a quick update for us about the battle for the Pacific. The presidents of three island countries, including Palau, Micronesia, and the Marshall Islands, are warning Congress this morning that China is going to make a move and capture their loyalties unless America pays up. Now, to refresh our memories on this, these countries belong to agreements with the U.S. that are called Compacts of Free Association, or COFAs. These agreements go back decades to after the Second World War when the countries got their freedom, but they gave up control over their foreign policies and military affairs to the United States. And in exchange... They got a bucket full of goodies, but most especially cash. But that's the issue. The cash isn't flowing. And that is because it is tied up in the bill that is authorizing money for Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan. Well, as listeners know, that bill is stuck. It did just pass the U.S. Senate, but the House is demanding that the U.S. border be funded first. Unfortunately, that sticky debate is leaving our partners in the Pacific a little empty-handed this morning. And that is why they are warning that without the money, it will jeopardize those COFAs and possibly open the door to China. And that is why I will be watching for lots of details related to that in the coming days and weeks, as this bill on Capitol Hill does not appear to have any movement, at least as of this morning. More to come. Finally this morning, the big interview of Russian President Vladimir Putin dropped last night. It was, of course, conducted by former Fox News host Tucker Carlson. It was a two-hour interview, covered lots of ground, but here are five key takeaways. First, amongst the various things that Mr. Putin said, he claimed that a peace deal with Ukraine was very close back in April of 2022, just a few months after Russia invaded, but peace talks eventually broke down. He then said something that was very interesting, and here it is. Peace talks of some kind are still continuing. He didn't offer any details, though. Next, he insisted that Russia has no interest in declaring war or invading the rest of Europe. The only scenario that he envisions that would ever create a wider war is if Poland were to attack the Russians. Third, he said that the CIA was the one who ordered that attack on the Nord Stream natural gas pipeline back in 2022. When Mr. Carlson pressed him for evidence of that, Mr. Putin said, well, it wouldn't matter. Even if he offered it up, nobody in the West would ever believe him. Fourth, they discussed the case of a a Wall Street Journal reporter who is now jailed in Russia. Mr. Carlson asked Putin to release him and to let him come home with him, Tucker, immediately. Putin declined that offer, but said uh, he's willing to make a deal. He's got a jailed Russian who was stuck in Germany that he would really like back. Finally, Putin spoke about his growing relationship with China's president, Xi. He said to Mr. Carlson, quote, your political establishment in D.C., does not understand that the world is changing, end quote. Putin then said that China is on the ascent. Quote, you cannot prevent the sun from rising. You have to adapt to it, end quote. 
This, by the way, came just hours after the Kremlin said that Mr. Putin and China's President Xi spoke on the phone saying that the two nations are closer than ever. The Kremlin then added that their shared goal of a $200 billion bilateral trade relationship, that goal was actually too low. They surpassed it. It is now at a record $228 billion. And that might come as a surprise to anybody who's been believing the White House and their rhetoric on this issue. Mr. Biden has repeatedly said that China and Russia are not that close and that their economic relationship was, quote, vastly exaggerated, end quote. But uh, as ever, that is incorrect. As Reuters News Service has confirmed, the two nations do enjoy record trade agreements. Meanwhile, CNN is reporting that shipping containers from China to Russia are stacking up. There are an extra 150,000 containers that have been emptied in Russia with Chinese goods that now await a return trip to Beijing. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. In the interest of time, we are going to hold off on a listener question today. Instead, I will see you on Monday, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.